After one quarter mile, turn right. I knew if I googled the term, it would throw up something. Turn left onto Kennedy Street. Satnav rage. Satnav rage. Sure enough, there are studies to show that people rage at their satnavs. Satnav rage. They're just computers. Air left. Those little navigation devices in cars. But when they added voices, they added a personality. Sort of. After 400 yards, turn right. A personality for us to react to. Go to the end of the road and turn left. There's one thing I think I am genuinely racist about. I cannot stand the English accent on the sat-nav in the car. It drives me insane. Tommy Tiernan. After one half mile, keep left. Some people are unnerved by the sat-nav. Recalculating. Like poet Vona Grork, heard here on Sunday Miscellany in November 2009. Satnav. I opt for the male voice. Accent, I don't get a choice about, or indeed, inflections of uncertainty or risk, all of which has been pre-programmed clean. That I do not trust him is a given. Pulling into gas stations to check, hanging an unscheduled left to stump him, slipping past turns flagged nicely in advance, entering a false address for home. That he indulges me is also certain, but if there is any sigh or smirk embedded in that creaseless voice, it is lost on me now, lost to a silence hard-shouldering the miles, the car unspoken for, the radio diminished, darkness gaining on me. Hello, and then there's Australian radio producer Lee Redfern. So what's the address, babe? I've no idea. OK. Well, that's a good start. <laughs> that's know, one of those streets. I know where we're going. Oh, she made a short documentary for ABC Radio about sense of direction in which one of the characters was a satnav. It's entitled, This Is Not The Way Home. There's a link to the full piece on the documentary on one webpage. In the meantime, here's an edited extract. I don't want to further the gender myth that women alone can't navigate. I know plenty of men who are as capable as I am at getting lost. And I know it sounds perverse, but it was his lack of direction which drew me to my partner. One of our early courting rituals included getting lost together. We'd chat as we drove onto a freeway, then enjoy each other's company as we looked for a safe place to turn the car in the direction we actually wanted to travel. Of course, the things that draw us to people can be the ones that eventually drive us crazy. What do you reckon, left or right here? I have no idea. As ever, darling, as ever. No, listen, don't put it on like that. The possibility of getting lost is the most interesting possibility. (laughs) At every point on on an adventure, it's like all the kind of secret interest is that you might get lost. It's what creates the exciting tension, you know. It's what creates the life in the situation. So when you get what you didn't expect, it can be so much more interesting. And if you have strong expectations, you tend to get much more like what you expected. Everything keeps conforming to this kind of little narrow set of rather blinkered 
possibilities. That's Susan Murphy, writer, broadcaster and Zen teacher. I'm trying for a more Zen approach, to relax with my weak topographical orientation skills and enjoy the ride. After 500 meters then Satnav woman enters our lives. Take the second exit. Unbeknown to me, she's been travelling with my partner for days. And although I don't know the cause right away, I immediately recognise the glint in his eye. He's driving, she's navigating. Turn left. While for us, such an arrangement has lately lent itself to tension and occasional shouting, the experience has bonded the two. He has nothing but praise for her, and she has nothing but the same repetitive, reassuring platitudes. After 200 metres at the roundabout... I dislike her immediately. Take the second exit. Why the second exit, I ask? Why not just say, go straight ahead? And what happens if you miss the turn? What does she have to say then, I want to know. After 300 metres, turn right. Well, that's the beauty of it, my partner responds. She doesn't remonstrate. She just recalculates. Every time I go to catch a train, an image stares down at me. In an age of unrealistic role models for women, with so much focused on visual perfection, Satnav Woman is something else. And I feel so insecure. After 500 meters at the roundabout to take the second exit. That the girl in the mirror ain't the same. Satnav Woman never criticises, Satnav Woman never judges. After 150 metres, turn left. And as a disembodied voice, she looks like whoever you want her to look like. In a Stepford wife kind of a way, it's terrifying. After 300 metres, turn left. determined to be adult about it and try and learn from Satnav Woman. After all, it's good to know how to take advice. And although Satnav Woman seems perfect, she does have her limitations. She sometimes gets it wrong, but then your traditional maps and compasses also have their problems and pleasures. There's a really nice story about a map story, actually, about getting lost and about the fact that the map we think we have is almost beside the point. It's actually possibly an apocryphal story from World War II. There was a Gurkha soldier attached to a group of British soldiers and uh, he'd become very good friends with his captain and or his commanding officer had given him at some point a map of the London Underground. And you know what they're like? They're absolutely abstract. They could be a circuit diagram for the back of a fridge or something. <laughs> so he got lost from his company. This is in Burma, an, an unmapped pocket of some jungle gorge or something. And he was lost for days. They wrote him off. They thought he'd been captured and or eaten by tigers or almost anything could have happened to him. But then he staggered out of the bush into the camp. And they received him happily because they'd all grown very fond of him. They said, how did, you, how did you find your way back? He said, it was all right, I had the map. And he whipped out the map of the London Underground. <laughs> and he had used it. And it had got him back to them. <laughs> yep. 
left or right here? I think it's right, isn't it? Yeah. Turn right. My friends have a pragmatic solution to my difficulties with Satnav Woman. What you need to do is change it to a male voice when he's not looking. But just quietly changing her voice to another from the menu somehow seems excessive and wrong. The boys here, they've tried all of them and we've all ended up with Ken. Like taking a hit out on my partner's new best friend just because she happens to be a woman. Ken's the Australian male and he's, he sounds very credible. And I'm going to go the back way through Stanmore because this is just going to be horrible the whole way. Mm-hmm. Around directions are shown. After 300 metres, turn right. <laughs> After 200 metres at the roundabout. I guess I need to make my peace with an imperfect piece of technology. As a friend points out, when I bitterly itemise Satnav Woman's many qualities, she has no real conversational skills. And ultimately, does life have to be approached as a journey? Journey does imply a movement through time and space, as though that's what a life is. And it sometimes strikes me that, you know, we live on a round planet. You cannot get outside the circle of everything. Luckily, I remember once a teacher tried to explain how maps are a kind of flattened sphere and gave the analogy of peel and orange and then try and flatten that down on paper and you'll have something like the Mercator projection of the Earth. (laughs) And I thought, that's a really strange thing to do. (laughs) Such a distortion, just to achieve a flat piece of paper with direction on it. So undistorted by that desire to flatten things out and and control, you know, the north, the south, east and west of it all. What do we have then? We have something that is eternally spherical. And then you have a very different understanding. You see that you come from somewhere that you can't possibly name and you're going to go there. And then is death so frightening because you've already come from there, you know? When you look at it as a journey... It's a very disappointing journey. <laughs> it ends up in a terrible place. <laughs> hill. Hill, yep, downhill, that's right. Follow the course of the road for three kilometres. <laughs> yeah, we're in a car park. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Lee Redfern from ABC Radio in Australia on Sense of Direction. That was an edited extract of her documentary entitled This Is Not The Way Home. There's a link to the full piece and the documentary on one website. Go to rte.ie slash docon1, turn right and click on the tab marked The Curious Ear.